0: Welcome to Episode 4 of the Gem State Podcast. My name is Brian Allman. Today, I would like to take a look at some of the stories that have broken in Idaho news this week and see what themes I can draw from them. Friday was the deadline to register to vote in the May 17th primary election, as well as to file as a candidate for the same. Most every county and state race has at least two Republican candidates and many of our precinct committeeman positions are contested as well. This is a good sign of a functioning political process. We want fair and honest debates between candidates, not party-endorsed coronations. Competitive races are important for making sure that our nominees are selected by the people, not the party leadership. For example, this May, Republican voters will have a chance to vote for Representative Priscilla Giddings for lieutenant governor, rather than House Speaker Scott Bedke, who is the preferred choice of big business, big pharma, and the donor and lobbyist class. Redistricting this year left an open spot in my own district, 14, and four solid conservatives are all campaigning for that spot. Tracy Kalish is a Republican activist from here in Eagle who has done a lot of work organizing conservatives over the last few years. Ted Hill is a veteran who has been flying for the U.S. Navy for nearly 40 years and is passionate about protecting American values. Caleb Hubery is a businessman and political activist from Emmett, which is now combined with Eagle in District 14. And Mike Olson is a young lawyer and businessman with a lot of energy and a very clear vision. I will have more to say about each of these candidates in a future newsletter. I think they're all great, and it is good that the party has such a deep bench here in the Treasure Valley. It's a shame we have to pick just one. I have heard some complaints about Idaho's closed primary. Why should you have to register as a Republican to vote in the primary election, people ask? It helps to think of the parties as semi-private organizations. The purpose of the primary is for those organizations to select their champion for the general election in November. Opening up the primary would allow tactical voting by Democrats. In such a red state as Idaho, it would make sense for the Democrats to vote for the weaker Republican, or whomever they see as the lesser of two evils. Tactical voting skews elections and gives us nominees who do not really represent a majority of the party. My old home state of Washington had completely open primaries that basically erased party affiliation entirely. That often meant that two Democrats would advance to the general election with no Republicans at all, and conservatives were forced to choose the lesser of two evils in that case. We do not want that in Idaho. As I wrote in January, The GOP remains the best forum for protecting our liberties. The party is definitely not perfect, but you will accomplish more from within than from without. Speaking of people who are trying to accomplish things from without, I saw this morning that gubernatorial candidate Ammon Bundy has been arrested again. He had apparently intervened in an incident where police had taken a child away from his parents after medical personnel alleged mistreatment on their parts. Family rights is one of the issues that Mr. Bundy has championed for a long time. I do not know all the details of the incident, so I will wait to speak to the specifics of that issue. But it does raise the question of how much power the state should have over the family. Defenders of state intervention will bring up the most extreme cases of child abuse, arguing that the government has a moral obligation to remove children from such harmful environments. On the other hand, we are starting to see this authority be horrifically abused, as government bureaucrats use the police to take children away because their parents homeschool them, or do not vaccinate them, or even because they refuse to allow their children to be mutilated in the name of transgender ideology. So where do we draw the line? I think it should be drawn as far away from government as possible. While there are extreme cases that require intervention, Government almost always abuses power we give it, and so we need to maintain constant vigilance. Speaking of vigilance, my post this week about reclaiming our libraries came at an opportune time. The left has generated national furor over House Bill 666, which would remove certain protections for librarians, teachers, and other officials regarding disseminating obscene material to children. This bill was sponsored by District 14's own Representative Gayanne de Mordaunt. While you might think that this is simply common sense, the left is reacting with hysteria. For whatever reason, progressives are very interested in being able to show pornographic material to your children, and they get very angry when we take steps to stop them. On its face, that's a good reason to support bills like this, because those deviant progressives are exactly who we need to protect our children from. One might argue that this position is contrary to what I just said about keeping the government away from our families. In fact, some people made that very argument with me last week. Worry about raising your own children, they said. Government should not decide what children can have or read. I hope that the person who made that argument is simply naive about the awful things that are being given to children these days, because the alternative is that he simply does not care about what we are doing to an entire generation of citizens. This is not about allowing government to come into our homes and decide how we are raising our children. Rather, it is about we as a community deciding what we are permitting and endorsing in our public schools and public libraries. I had a thought the other night as I was talking with Representative de Mordaunt about this bill. Trying to define obscenity is a loser's game. The left will draw us into Picayune arguments over what constitutes pornography, or what specific age group should be allowed to read what specific material. This bypasses the main issue, which is that we as a community have the right and the obligation to determine what our children have access to in the public square. Left-wing communities like San Francisco might want to expose their toddlers to hardcore pornography. And while this is tragic, there's little we can do about it except to encourage families to leave those hellholes. On the other hand, we can and must use our public institutions to promote our values while keeping this harmful nonsense out. The public square cannot be neutral. We eventually acquiesced when the left demanded we pull back our faith and our values, and we expected that they would agree to a truce and allow the public square to be objective. But nature abhors a vacuum. Once we stopped preaching our values, they started preaching theirs. The values that the left preaches to our children are deviant and degenerate and harmful. They aim to destroy the nuclear family, to make children hate their parents and their ancestors, to drive away Christian faith and values, to groom children by exposing them to obscene materials at a young age and at the same time teach them to hide this from their parents, Libraries, public schools, entertainers, the healthcare industry, and social media influencers are all working to convince your boys that they might really be girls, and your girls that they might really be boys, and that the answer to all their problems is to go behind their parents' backs to take drugs and have life-altering surgery all in the name of finding their true selves. As a community, we have a right. We have a duty to stand up to this. We can protect our children. We can protect the next generation from this propaganda, which is morally, spiritually, and physically destructive. House Bill 666 is a good start, and the fact that the left is so apoplectic over it reveals their true intentions. No matter what, we need to be involved in the process. Whether it is protecting our children from obscenity and propaganda, protecting our families from government overreach and abuse, or anything else, we have to take an active role in politics. The days when we could just watch football and grill, trusting our elected representatives to always do the right thing, are gone, if they even ever really existed in the first place. It was apathy and naivete that got us to this point. It will take dedication and organization to get us out of it. I keep saying that the future belongs to those who show up, so it's time to show up. In my most recent newsletter, I encouraged everyone to get involved, whether as a PC or a candidate. You can also sign up to be a poll watcher on the Ada County website, help ensure our elections are fair and transparent. You can visit the Capitol and offer testimony on bills. As we speak, the Senate is trying to bury H.R. 666, as well as the massive property tax relief bill. Get down there and tell them, to their faces, exactly what we think of swamp-creature politicians who obstruct good legislation. Respectfully, of course. So that is where we stand today. We have just over two months until the primary election, so we will see a lot of campaigning. It will be intense and maybe even heated, but the process is necessary to select our champion. Let's get out there and strike a blow against the establishment, as well as big business, big pharma, big politics. Let's win some races for the people, and do our duty as a community to protect our children. The public square is not a neutral place, so let's get in there and get in the game. I'll talk to you later.